I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This week, we are at last talking about 1995's all-time classic, Clueless. Um, My favorite film of all time. Um, It was directed by Amy Heckerling and stars the one and only Alicia Silverstone. Um, I hope you guys enjoy listening as much as I enjoyed talking about this film. Hello, there was a stop sign. I totally paused. You tried driving in platforms. Oh, should I write them a note? Uh, So I'm going to explain the situation. Hello, everybody. Today you're in for a treat. We are talking about my all-time, officially my all-time favourite film. What is the Uh, unofficial one? Well, no, there's not. Well, I could probably name like a few, but you know when people say like, oh, that's my favourite film. They haven't really thought it through. You went to such trouble to say the word official. Because it's not just like, I'm not just throwing it out there as my favourite film. I've gone through, I've officially made a list, and that's my favourite. Right. Um... So it's officially my favourite film. It is obviously, everyone who knows me will know what it is, it's Clueless. Um, full disclosure, we have already recorded this podcast, or this conversation, about Clueless, and the recording fucked up. So we are recording a conversation that we have already had. It's a few weeks later, and Stephen thinks that he can't remember the film. And instead of re-watching it last night, knowing that we were doing this today, what did you decide to do? Not watch it. No. Right. Uh, great. So I decided I, not to watch it. I just didn't think. You didn't think of it. Mm. Uh, so how long ago do you reckon that was that we did that? Four weeks. Four weeks mm. ago. Mm. So he watched it four weeks ago. I'd say most people can remember a film they watched four not weeks when ago. Not my age. But he's very, very old. <laughs> and um, possibly... Charming. I've shown him the trailer... He said it all came back to him. He knows that Paul Rudd was in the film. Yes. Um, let's see how this goes. I also haven't rewritten up my notes because it's clueless and I know everything there is to know about this film. Tell the story um, about how you first saw Clueless. So, I... <laughs> I Well, I think I first saw it. And again, we, I think I first saw it at the cinema with you and Mum. No. Yeah. I mean, I know no. there's a lot of stuff that you can't remember, like the film you saw a month ago. On the contrary, I can. We I remember in... not going to the. I don't remember no. seeing. I've never seen this film in a cinema. Dad, we went to Whiteley's, UCI Whiteley's, in 1995. It was a 12, so I wasn't allowed in. Or it was a PG. No, it was a 12. I had to go with my parents. Is the rule that it's a 12, but you're allowed to watch it under 12 if you're with your parents? I don't know. There's some rating that's mm. that. You guys had to take me. And do you know what I can even remember? This is why it must have... You know, there are some things that kids love that obviously the aesthetic of them has, like, it, like, hypnotises you. I can remember the first time I saw the poster for Clueless and just being like, oh, and it's the three girls, women. No, I think they're 16. You're allowed to call them girls. Um, I've been told off for calling 
myself a girl and using the word girls all the time because the word women is terrifying. Woman. Um, so I can remember the first time I saw the poster and I remember just looking at it and think, you know, it's like the first time you saw the Spice Girls. You're just like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. These girls are the most, most best thing well, Why I've was that? Seen. I don't know. There, there are plenty of other teenage films, school films. Yeah. It's something, it must be something to do with the colours. They must know when they like sell toys to kids. There must be certain... Colours that, like, hypnotise children. She was wearing a red, she was wearing the red dress. And it says something like, clothes, sex, popularity, whatever. And I remember seeing this poster and just being like, I don't know what that is, but I need... But you would have heard of the film before that. No, I remember this so clearly. We were in White... We were in Whiteleys. All we ever did... All I did as a child was hang around in Whiteleys. It's no longer there. R.I.P. Whiteleys. Uh, I was in Whiteley's and I saw this poster. I was probably with like Marvel and I was like, oh my God, I have to see that film. Oh my God, I have to see that film. And then I couldn't get in without you guys because I was too young. So you and mum, <laughs> you and mum took me and we all watched this film. Well, we're never going to resolve this story. Well, I'm going to ask mum whether she remembers this. Um, and if she says no, then that's fine. That's two against one. So I'll bow out gracefully. But everyone has different memories. You know, memory is subjective. People, people no, can... I remember quite clearly watching <laughs> it on television with you in Thorber Road. Literally not true. That never mm. happened. Never happened. Um, okay, so on re-watching it a month ago, can you remember what you thought? I just think the film is so incredibly clever. It's such a complex note that it hits of almost sort of documentary realism and, and irony at the same time. I thought it was, I think it's absolutely brilliant. And just watching the trailer, I remembered how brilliant it was. It's so brilliant. And obviously when you watch it when you're a child, you don't understand why it's so brilliant. And obviously when I watch it now, which I actually very rarely do because it is one of those films that I have watched too many times, I can almost recite the entire thing. Um, but you understand obviously a lot more. Although there is something, it just has like magic sprinkled over it that with certain things you can't even identify. But I think with Clueless, I actually can identify quite a lot of why I think it's so good. <clears throat> Go on, say. So I think, and like you just said, it's all to do with the tone. And it does this thing, which I can't actually think of any other example that does this, where it... Well, actually, there are probably loads, and now I've just made that massive no, statement. Go on, go on, it go is... On. It is satir the thing it is satirizing, it is celebrating. It is yes. not even so even in another film like Mean Girls, which I think is a fabulous, clever, brilliant, funny film, but it is very much satirizing girls and you watch it and go, Ugh, aren't they awful? Yes. And that's the joke. And most of the time that's the joke. Even I guess in something like The Office, where obviously you're laughing at you are laughing at David Brent and going, Oh, isn't he awful? But then there are moments of complete pathos and you feel sorry for him and he breaks your heart so it's not that satire is vicious but it is both with clueless it is both satirical but it almost is they are sort of on a pedestal it's also placing them on a pedestal yes, you don't feel yes, yes, yes. sorry no. for them you don't you neither are laughing at them you neither feel um animosity towards them going oh aren't they ridiculous and stupid and there is something wonderful and admirable in a very authentic way not in just a like oh god bless them way um 
And I think that comes from the character, obviously mainly of Cher, being genuinely a good, I would say she is a good person. I would say she is a smart, intelligent person. I would say, what other qualities can be, what other nice qualities can a person have? But um, but it is definitely a satire, right? Mm. It is satirising these people in no, their is, lives. Uh, it is doing those two things at the same time, which is an incredible uh, art form. Can you think of anything else that does that? Not off the top of my no. head, no. But if you give me a few minutes, I'll... No, I had a really good think about it this morning and was mm. like, I can't... Cause like I say, I definitely... Yeah, I can think of a lot of examples of satira- satire where you you feel bad for the person so you kind of affectionate isn't the right word one is quite affectionate of david brent (laughs) vomit not really um but you often feel sad for the person Mm. you don't feel sad i don't feel sad for the girls in clueless um they're having a great time so amy heckling also they're at beverly hills high i mean if you're a teenager you can't do better than that no, my agent had been to Beverly Hills High. No, but not even. Yeah, but normally the people. I mean, in England, kids that went to Eton are just like <laughs> what's the word? Reviled. Yes. Is that a word? Did I make that up? No, reviled. There is a word. Um, sorry, George went to Eton, <laughs> but they are generally reviled. Whereas here, it wasn't. Look at these awful. Rich people. Mm. It was, look at these wonderful, fabulous, very funny rich people. But the, yes, they care about ridiculous, superficial things. And you know that Amy Heckling knows that. You know Amy Heckling yes. doesn't... Um... It also, I, I give her the credit <clears throat> for everything. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, who wrote you know, what the script was like, I have no idea. But the tone is so... She wrote the script. Did she? Yeah. No, no, no another chap had the credit. No. Um, she definitely wrote the story. Anyway, the tone is so extraordinary. And I give her the credit for that. So she made this film, the first film she ever made was Fast Times at Richmond High. Yeah. You know that film. Well, I always wanted to make... I wish to, well, I would look at a poster and think, oh, I wish I'd made that, but I'm not sure I've ever seen it. I wish you'd made that. Why do you wish you'd made that? Because it looks so much fun. fun. Yeah. Maybe we should watch it one day. Mm. It's very fun. All right, we'll do a podcast about it. It looked really good fun. <laughs> Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yes. It's the opposite of any film you were making, especially in the well, olden but days. So what? Um, Why, what happened in the olden days? Well, you know, you'd make quite uh, serious films, generally. Up to a point. In the really old days. Yeah, jokes in there. I mean, the Aeson was very funny. Yeah, I'll give you that. But it, it's still not in the Fast Times. Fast Times at Ridgemont High seems like a very unlikely film for you to have made. Um, so, Amy Heckling said, from her experience making Fast Times at Richmond High, the most successful character in anything I've ever done was Jeff Spicoli in Fast Times. I know, I actually can't definitely remember who that was. Was that the Sean Penn part? Was character? that the Sean Penn part? It might be. People think that because he was stoned and a surfer. Like, as in, they, so everyone loved this character that was this stoned surfer dude. Mm. And she said, but that's not it. It's because he's positive. Everything about him, he looks on the positive side of things. So I thought, this is now Amy Heckling speaking, I'm going to write a character who's positive and happy. And that was Cher. And then having read Emma, she started to think, this is now Amy Heckling speaking, I started to think, what's the larger context for that kind of a nothing can go wrong, always looks through rose-coloured glasses kind of girl? So I tried to take all the things that were in this sort of pretty 1800s world and see what that would be like if it was in Beverly Hills. Yeah. So obviously a lot of it is taken from Emma. I'm quite 
bad on Emma. Well, it's a very, very good book. Other than having seen the Gwyneth Paltrow classic, mm. I don't think I've ever read it, which is bad, isn't yes, it? Yes, bad. Mm. I'm not a, for what? a <laughs> posh white girl, I'm not a Jane Austen lover. I don't, I don't love a, as we know, I don't love a period drama. I don't love bonnets and, what are they called? Bonnets and britches. I don't even know what the terms are. I have friends that love all that stuff. Yes. And I would say I am generally not one that goes in for it. Considering I love Rebecca, obviously Daphne du Maurier is a bit later, the book. Yeah, um, and the film. And the film. No, but I'm just thinking of <clears throat> olden day books. Um, it is the Sean Pan character. Thank you. Um, olden day books, uh, I there are a lot that I love, but I never yes. could quite engage with Jane Austen, even though I understand she is a... Satirist, she is being. It took me a long time. To yeah, because mm. I think when I read them when I was younger, I just thought, "Oh, this is so stupid." It's just all these girls running around trying to get married, even though obviously yes. everything I probably watched was about girls running around trying to get married. Yes, aren't these girls running around trying exactly. to get married? Exactly, but mm. there was a barrier there because they were in these yes. silly outfits yes. and bonnets, and yes. I was like, oh, "Well, she is this? very, very clever, Jane Austen, and Emma is the best book she wrote." Do you think? I think so. What's the first sentence of Emma? I've no idea. It's a famous sentence. No, like that's that. Pride and Prejudice. What's the first sentence of Pride and Prejudice? Oh, about a man in, a, a, a man in possession of a fortune. Oh, yeah. Oh, what is it? A man Somebody in... looking for a husband. Yeah, mm. that's what I was thinking of. Maybe the first sentence of Emma isn't famous. Um, and I would say that Amy Heckling was obviously smart enough to yes. be able to capture the essence yeah. of Emma. Because Emma is that, isn't it? The point of the character is that she's a rose-tinted glasses optimist which one can be so scathing about that type of person. I've probably been known to do that. Sometimes. Um, well, you know that I'm, I'm quite cynical. I'm cynical and bitchy. <laughs> well, you weren't once. I wasn't once. Once you were an adorable No, but you know, those sweet, the, the kind of girls that you're like, oh, well, they're just dumb. Um, but Emma is smart and Cher is smart. Yes. And Amy Heckling was able to... Um, Kind of, yeah, get that. She's very, very mysterious, Amy Heckling. She is, isn't she? What were she? the films she made after this? So before this, it was all going well, and then afterwards, she did sort of disappear. Um, I'll ask, I'll, I'm seeing Wally next week. I'll ask him. Oh, yeah, that's, we should have done this post. So Stephen is friends with um, Wally Sean, who Wally Sean, who plays Mr. Hall. When I was a child, I was so unimpressed by you... And your job I and everything that, about I you. Know. I didn't understand that you made films that were like, like that would be in cinemas that were like legit films. I think I thought you were just like making them for fun. Um, and nothing impressed me. And all of the people you could ever introduce me to did not impress me. And then one day I came home from school and Mr. Hall was in our house in Talbot Road. And I think I called everyone I knew. I like got my class list. <laughs> Got my class list out <laughs> and just called, dialed my entire. Do you remember in the olden days when you had like a landline and your class list with all the numbers and told everyone in my class that Mr. Hall was in my house? And what did um, they say? Oh my god! Oh my god, Mr. Wait, what? Mr. Hall? Mr. Hall? Um, well, I'll tell Wally next week. It was the most exciting thing that happened in my childhood, I think. Um, and it wasn't even like, you know, often when you meet, well, often if you meet someone you think it's going to be amazing and then obviously they disappoint you and it, the, 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 
magic is broken, he didn't disappoint. I think he's just like Mr. Hall. He is very like Mr. Hall. He's just, it's like, he's got that funny little voice, hasn't he? Um, so Amy Heckling, back to Amy. So before that, she'd obviously made Fast Times at Richmond High, and then she made all the Look Who's Talking films. Do you know well, what she they made are? all them. Yeah. John Travolta. Look Who's Talking, Look Who's Talking 2, and Look Who's Talking Now. About a baby. About a baby talking. Yes. Are they about a baby? Yes. And John Travolta when plays the baby's describe, But when you think about it now, the plot is a baby talking. Well, that's a, you know, that's a, they were very that's popular. That's the premise of the film. They were very popular. They were really popular. Mm. I think I went to see them all in the cinema. <laughs> You had a misspent youth. Imagine going into the meeting to pitch that. Well, somebody did. It's about a baby, but the baby talks. The baby who can talk. And I can actually remember in the film, like, what, does John Travolta do the baby's voice? John Travolta does his voice. But he does the voice of the baby? Yes, is that right? George is nodding. Oh, my God. The pitch for this Imagine Travolta being like, yeah, that sounds like a really good idea. I'm in, guys. Anyway, no disrespect, because Amy Heckling, the genius, made these films. And they were obviously really good. And then what um, did she make? And then in 1995, she made Clueless. I think it sat around for a while. I feel like she wrote the script. Everyone said they didn't want it. You know, the usual bullshit. Sits on a script for a... Sits on a shelf for 100 years. And then somebody obviously found it and was like, oh... Let's make this. Um, and then, yeah, 1998, so three years later, she made a film called A Night at the Roxbury. She made a film called Molly. She made a film called Loser. I actually think I do remember that. I think it was with J Jason Biggs and Mina Savari, and I think I went to see it in the cinema. Uh, a film called I Could Never Be Your Woman. I also think I might have seen that. And then a film called Vamps in 2012. And then Nothing, although I do know she made a TV show, or she, would, she directed some episodes of a TV show called Red Oats that was meant to be quite good that I am still going to watch. I remember finding out about that. Well, that's what uh, uh, that's what happens. You do something absolutely brilliantly and then it all goes wrong. Or, but why? Uh, who knows? Who knows why? The formula slips out of your fingers. You just Would think... you rather, this is not specifically a question for you, would you rather make one film that is like, I don't know, the golf, like people will watch this film forever, but yeah. then never do anything good again. I'm not saying that that's Francis Ford Coppola's experience, but would you rather, because part of me is like, yeah, but she made Clueless. She didn't have to ever get out of bed again. Well, it's, it doesn't life it's isn't like that. It's more complicated. You're not given the choice, are you? No, I know. But I think if you make something that great, yeah, you, can, no, you, can, no, no. you can feel good about yourself goes, for a while. And then it goes wrong. I remember John Cleese saying to me, not a day goes past when I don't curse faulty tires. Yeah, I Because bet. he got it right. I'm quite unsympathetic to that as a problem. <laughs> I'll, tell, I'll tell John Cleese next time I see him. Please, can you tell him, oh, boo-hoo, John Cleese must be really no, no, tough. No, 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 most... Mozart got something. It was like Mozart, wasn't it, faulty tires. It was absolutely perfect. It was perfect, mm. but I still think... Who was I listening to talk about this the other day? It must have been an actor that was really famous. Was it someone from Friends, maybe? I can't remember. Maybe it was someone from Friends. 
um, who's like, yeah, I will always be known as this the character that I'm famous for playing, but like, great. What a great problem to have. No, and listen, of course, we're all very, very lucky. So it is, it's, it's I'm not, nobody's asking for sympathy. I'm sure Amy Heckling doesn't ask for sympathy, but clearly it's something that she knew how to do. The world just moved on. Apparently she directed an episode of The Office. In America or in yeah. England? The Office is good. The American Office, not the... How weird would that be? The English Office. Um, for whatever reason, it all went wrong. Similarly with... Oh, ouch, my heart hurts to say this. Alicia Silverstone, the woman I revered most. So, I can tell you exactly what happened to There's her. A, the later picture of her is rather respectable, isn't it? She turned into a rather respectable-looking woman. Yeah, she was very, she would always say, and I remember when I was a kid and I'd read interviews with her and it would break my heart, she'd be like, oh, I'm nothing like Cher. I'm like a, she's like a vegan free spirit. Like, yes. her son doesn't cut his hair. Um, I know, because I follow her on Instagram. Um, but Alicia Silverstone, so obviously, after, I mean, hang on, we haven't actually talked about her at all. It is one of the greatest comedic, I don't even like using the word comedic, because why is comedic in its own category? It's one of the greatest performances. Yeah, she just got it right. She just... Yeah, but it's more... I think we're not... I think you're not giving her enough credit. The, I don't know. It seems to me if someone gets something right, they've done all that, could be, all that you can ask of them. And she was very central and she was very dominant and she... You know, the whole thing worked because of her. She supplied the motor. Yeah, and actually I might take back what I've just said because can someone have credit? It's interesting, isn't it? I don't think she... I, in fact, I sort of know um, she didn't... That performance wasn't contrived, right? So she wasn't thinking objectively, I'm going to play this character like this. She just had lots of those qualities for free. The reason why I'm confident saying this uh, is because, like... So, for example, in the scene where she does the speech, which don't say you don't remember it because it was in the no, trailer. No, no, it was the in Haitian. the trailer. She does the speech about the... Ha- and she yes. calls them the... Ha- she goes, we can certainly party with the Haitians. And that was a genuine mistake. And Amy Heckling was like, no one tell her keep that in so she had a lot of these very and I don't want to use the word naive because like I say I don't think Cher is is stupid but she had a lot of the qualities that make Cher Mm. endearing and funny Mm. uh for free and obviously there's something about her voice that is just perfect isn't it there's something about the way she speaks which I think she had for free well she brought up Um, in California I assume so. Yeah, I mean, it's very, so convincing. She has a lot of those qualities. And you even hear, I feel like there are other people that famously auditioned, maybe like Reese Witherspoon, who is fabulous and was in Legally Blonde and is fabulous, but you're like, no, no, it has to be, the whole yes. thing rode on Lisa No, well, it was getting it right. It was having a Californian to play a Californian. Perhaps she's not, perhaps she's from the... No, but it's so much more than that. The timing, the... the... Listen, you can't do better than... She was great. It was perfect. Mm. It was just perfect. Um, And so after that, she was obviously... I mean, she was all me and my friends talked about for years. And then what happened? She signed some really big deal with a studio in a way that people don't really do anymore. And it was like, this is going to be the Mm. biggest actress in the world. And then she made a film, which possibly only I have seen called Excess Baggage with Benicio Del Toro where she faked her own kidnapping to get her horrible rich father to give her some money. Something like that. I can't remember. It was completely panned. Everyone hated it. I think I probably quite liked it. And then she was in The Batman and Robin which is considered the worst Batman and Batman film of all time. It is 
the only Batman film I have ever remotely enjoyed. I'm saying it. I don't even like. I don't like the the bad ones. Well, I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm not a superhero person, right? No, I I'm don't. not a superhero person. I, I understand. I can see The Dark Knight is fabulous. I actually didn't see the most recent one with Robert Pattinson because I already knew to too much about myself by then and I was like I'm not gonna like it and everyone says it's amazing and I'm gonna be embarrassed that I didn't like it I don't like Batman films and well, for whatever you don't go and see the film because you're nervous of what oh. well not nervous I just I feel like when the you know every so often one of them comes out that everyone's like no Lola this is different it's not like a superhero film this is different this is different go and see it exclusively I have found that not to be the case yes. <laughs> exclusively I have then not enjoyed well, I can see you're turning into a tortured intellectual no it's not that is a tragedy. it's my failing I feel like they're considered even I'm I can't believe I'm going to admit this on an while I'm being recorded I went to see everything everywhere all at once the other day which oh, is that good two people I adore and respect said it was the best film they've ever seen I could see that it was completely brilliant and yet, I wanted it to end for every second I was sat in that oh, cinema. Oh, your heart, you break my heart. There is a failing in my brain to engage the right. minute people are flying, f- fighting in a sort of superhero-like yes. manner. Um, however, and I think this is probably because I was in love with the Lysia Silverstone, I remember... I think I saw Batman and Robin twice. You're a, you're a glutton for It was the doubles. You know what? It was Uma Thurman as well. Playing, oh, Uma was in it. Uma Thurman was in it playing Poison Ivy and I think I quite liked her. And Alyssa Silverstone, the hero of the world, was in it playing Batgirl and everyone was horrible and made horrible jokes about her weight. I'm not even going to give them the dignity of repeating them. Arnold Schwarzenegger played Mr. Freeze. And George Clooney and Chris O'Donnell, what's happened to him, were Batman and Robin. And I think I had a good time. After that, Alicia Silverstone was quickly, I'm going to sneeze. Expunged. Expunged and sort of never worked again. However, until, hold on, I'm going to sneeze. Until um, she was in that film, you probably would hate this film, The Killing of the Sacred Deer. I never saw it. You didn't see it. But I met the girl from it the other day. Who's the girl in it? An adorable girl came from, 
I want to say from the north of England. But she'd been in the north. She came down to see me. Leah brought her in. She, I thought Who she was. It? I can't. Um, um, Ra- Rafferty, somebody Rafferty. I don't know. Um, who that is. N- n- a charming girl. And everyone's and Leah said how good she was in that film, the which I haven't seen. The killing of um, well, Alicia Silverstone was also in that film, um, and was 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 lovely. Yeah, she looked great. She still had an essence of yes. uh, share. Um, and then the other day, I think I saw her pop up in a Netflix film. Actually, do you know what? She was in a Netflix film. The premise of the film—I'm not going to comment on whether the film was good or bad—but the premise of the film was. This girl woke up from a coma and had gone back to like teen movie. It was like a teen movie. Again, yeah. use the word satire. Sort of a satire of the teen movies that we are talking about. And at one point there was a kind of ironic knowing. Alicia well, all you can say is that's what happens in life. People go up and down. You have good days and bad days. I reckon she seems very happy now. I'm sure she is. I hope she is. Much better that she didn't, you know, become mm. Mm. Michelle Williams. Um, that's not the equivalent person, is it? Do you know who Michelle Williams is? I know her name. She is the woman. I would say girl. Oh, your Nokia phone is going off. We were talking about Alicia Silverstone, people's careers going up and down. Well, it, you, what, you're, what is interesting is you're telling... Michelle Williams. You, yes, but what is interesting is this sort of chaos that goes on and people go up and they go down and they make a wonderful film and then they disappear. That is because ultimately, and I am learning this more and more. The older, the more, the older and more wizened—is that a word? You're I not, get. You're the least wizened person. I'm I old and wizened now. You haven't got a whiz in you. And I have learned, generally, yes, of course, there are things that are objectively good and bad, and people that are good and bad. But generally, it's all fucking random, oh. and it's chaos out there, and um. Think pe- pe- things are good. You know what I mean. Like why think when things are good and this thing's considered amazing and that thing's considered amazing. It just seems to me like it's chaos. Um, so whatever happened to Alicia Silverstone is just a, a chaotic. And Amy Heckling gone into the mists of time. Two yeah, humans. I'm sure they're both very fine, fine, decent and women. And yeah. I hope they've got children and they're happy. And <laughs> Alicia Silverstone has an adorable son. Yes, has Amy Heckling. I don't know. I'm, oh, I'm going to have a long conversation with Wally next next week. Maybe we should do a clueless part two. Right. Maybe I should send you with a little recorder and you can record the conversation with, with Wally. Wally. And we can insert. No, I'll remember all the stuff. All right. Uh, shall we talk about Paul Rudd? Oh, he's terribly good. Yeah. He's gone under the radar. We haven't spoken about him. He's and terribly... then what happened to him? <laughs> he became the biggest star of all of them. In what? Paul Rudd. He's in everything. Tell me. Do you know what's interesting about Paul Rudd? I feel like there's... Almost maybe this is why he's so good. It's not like, oh, because he's the guy in... He's the opposite of of, um, a cat person in Friends. Like, he's just in everything. What's Paul Rudd most famous for being in? Actually, he was in Friends for a bit. That's the question I'm asking you. But he's in, like, ten films a year. Well, he's he's an extremely good actor. I remember he did a film that Heitner did. He's always, there's like a new, I, there was like a Netflix series and Paul Rudd's in, he does, I feel like, actually, am I making that up? He does quite a few of the Judd Apatow films. I might be wrong about that. He's definitely been in some of the... No, good for him. The Object of My Affection, starring Jennifer Aniston. That was Nick Heitner, uh, Nick Heitner directed that. 
Oh, that's what you were talking about. Mm. I mean, okay, the man is literally in everything. Let me just reel off some of his CV for you. He was in Romeo and Juliet. Again, we're now back in the day. He was in... Uh, for- Baz Luhrmann's film. Forgetting Sarah... Yeah, I love I that I saw film. Elvis. I saw Elvis... Ten days ago. Do you want to talk about it on the podcast? No. Nope. Exactly. Um, he was in The Perks of Being a Wallflower. I mean, I'm, he was in Anchorman. He was in... Oh, I Could Never Be Your Woman, oh, directed all, by... They all go on about Anchorman. Everyone... Will Farrell. I've never seen Anchorman. <gasps> that was in a phase, I feel like, when I didn't... I think there was a thing in my head that I thought, like... I didn't really engage with Will Ferrell movies. Maybe I thought they were probably like boy comedy. That's awful. Oh, your brother thought there was a golden age of comedy. The Will Ferrell? No, I'm saying I'm wrong about that. Yes. There's one called Something Nights. Tallahassee Nights. You're right. You're definitely right. That everyone, and that, you know, Sasha Baron Cohen was in. All right. Um, And everyone thought that was brilliant. Um... uh, yeah, no, I feel like I've never, I've never even seen Elf. I'm now just publicly ousting myself. You are, you're. A I have seen a lot of films. I have not seen Elf. No, nor have I. Um, we're all right, misery. I have no. I'm not good on a Will Ferrell. I'm not good on a Will Ferrell film. I feel like Paul Rudd is also does a superhero thing. He's like the Fly. I'm, I'm being reductive. Anyway, Fly Man. What's, I've always heard. I've always Ant Man. Ant Man. He's in something called Ant Man. Ant Man. What's that? Yeah. Big hit. A Marvel film. Anyway, I've always thought he was a very good actor. I've always he's heard a fan- his name. He's a fantastic and actor. Thought, oh, he's a very good actor. He's a fantastic actor. And he's very good in Clueless. Actor. He's very good in Clueless. Though it is the least believable part of the film. What? That they get together? Yes. Why? You just don't believe it. Why? Because they're brother and sister. <laughs> no, because they're not suited to each other. Do you really think that? Yes. I think you've missed a trick here. Whereas in Emma, Emma and Mr. Knightley, it breaks your heart. Why? Because you think, oh, that's a wonderful relationship, whereas you don't think it with Alicia Stevenson and, uh, Silverson and um, Paul Rudd. If you re-watched Clueless well, I'm throughout good. the film, I'm to have to. there are a lot of small signs. You know, she leaves some breadcrumbs along the way um, that... Oh, like Hansel and Gretel. Hansel and Gretel. Um, or Easter eggs. Easter eggs, that's what they're called now. Some Easter eggs um, that... That that show that Josh and Cher are going that Josh is developing feelings for Cher. Yes, and that's the bit I believed least. But what? Because he's a he's just a because he's a just because it seemed too convenient. All right, we'll agree to disagree about. You're that. more than we'll welcome to, to disagree, we'll to but disagree. that's the job, isn't it? You have to make that bit believable. Mm. But I think maybe are you reading it surfacely in a way that because Cher is frothy and. Well, seemingly just, vacuous. Just, but just looking at something and thinking, do I believe that? Not quite. All right, fine. It seems a little contrived. All right, fine. And a bit convenient. Did you think that Ty and the skateboarder, they were a good couple? They were fantastic. Yeah. Um, what did you think about Ty? Do you know who Brittany Murphy is? Do you know... No. You don't know who she is? No, I mean, you, listen, I'm 5,000 years old. All right, fine. If I knew who Brittany... I'd be, I'd be arrested. I'd be in jail by now. No, because they're all... They, Brittany Murphy died, tragically, and they all would be about 40 now. Yes. Um, uh, Almost old enough to be my daughter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but anyone listening, can we just clarify I am not 40? Not that there's anything wrong with being 40. Absolutely nothing. Fabulous age. I wish I was 40. Um, 40 is half your age. Uh, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. 
Um, all right, so we've talked about Paul Rudd. We think he's great. He also doesn't age. Have you noticed that? He looks exactly the same now as he looked in Clueless, which is... Adorable. And just an, just an observation. Mm. Um, uh, it's very, very interesting. When I was younger... Yeah. There was a film called Desperately Seeking... Susan, starring Madonna. With Madonna in mm-hmm. And what I mean is that when women make films, mm-hmm. the casting of the boys is always very, very interesting. Because you would think, oh, I wouldn't cast that person. Well, it's just but that a woman they see it seen... so clearly. Oh, I see this. We need a, somebody who's good looking and this and that. And they're very good at it. I mean, the boy who um, was in the Emerald Fennel film. Do yeah. I mean that? Yeah, he yeah, was yeah. very well chosen. Bo Burnham. Bo Burnham. He's a brilliant genius I think I meet do you know him. who he is I'm meeting him next week he is fabulous I think right. he's a really brilliant man I'll I've watched lots of his stand up yeah um, yes so in other words the whole process of women directors casting men is very very interesting I mean you could say that Hitchcock casting Grace Kelly is interesting um, and you know in a sort of eccentric way do you think that's because most of the time women don't get to, women don't make films now hopefully that's changing um well no you just notice it and think oh that's a very good bit of observation casting i can't even remember the irish chap aiden aiden quinn casting aiden quinn was a very clever thing to do and casting paul rudd was a clever thing to do who's aiden what are you doing? aiden quinn was the boy in in um desperately seeking Susan. oh sorry yes. i didn't know what you were talking um, about for a second and who directed desperately seeking susan a woman called Susan Seidelman. Ah. Who also, made by you know, made one magical film and never quite... I, I don't know, it's horrible, isn't it? Never quite sorted herself out again. I know, you get a film right and you think, oh, good, I know how to do it. Then next film, you've forgotten. It, yeah, but there is a thing, your fingers. and you're going to accuse me of just being like a ranty feminist... But if a, ma- a man is allowed to make a bad film and then make another film, whereas if a woman makes a bad film, she is immediately I don't kicked know. out. I don't know enough to... Definitely. Argue. I don't know enough to argue with you. No, but because I am definitely right. And if you no. look at how people's careers go, you go, oh, woman, you get one shot and then you're out. So the Billy Wilder film I want to make... Yeah. That's, a, that's a man at, the, at that moment when it suddenly didn't work. He did what he normally... I'm sure he thought, I'm doing what I normally do. Of course. And somehow it's gone wrong. But that's a very different point to the point that I just made. Yes, I know. (laughs) Yes, you're right. (laughs) That had nothing to do with what I just said. Obviously, yeah, that's a a man who has had a long and very successful career. No, but he he had this wonderful touch. Hit, 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 hit. Then one day it went. There was a whole kind of era of these films yes. which were absolutely targeted at me and my friends and boy, did we enjoy that. Um, and then I guess, obviously, none of them were ever as... Some of them were quite good, but never none of them were as successful yes. as Clueless and so it sort of petered out. Mm-hmm. Um, so it definitely set a tone for making teen things. Also, I do think that it is a... And I know, again, bang on about it, woman, woman. But it, it does... A th- it Anything that's good, that's about... Things that are considered frothy and vacuous and silly that women like, like clothes and shopping or makeup or whatever. Um, it like, it does, it's like they take, they're taking one for the team. They're like getting a point for the team. You, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Clueless, Clueless, I feel like it, because it was so clearly brilliant. Yes. 
it added some kudos to films that were about a thing. Well, it took a subject where it was unlikely that brilliance would shine. Exactly. And, and brilliance was there. And brilliance mm. was there. Yeah, no, that's an interesting point. And so I feel like any time something does... you get something, something right, does... it's so miraculous. Yeah. Mm. And if you make something smart, I do always think, and I know this is probably a really obvious thing to say, but genre, or not even genre, subject matter shouldn't determine whether a film is good or bad, right? Subject matter is just subject matter. A film... Yes. They... Well... Why not? Well, My Beautiful Andrea was completely original subject matter. Yeah. Okay, so maybe I've worded that wrong. Mm. I more mean... uh, So, like, for example, we are told from a very young age... And some of these films I absolutely love, but the gangster films are the best films, right? Godfather, Goodfellas, Taxi Driver, yeah. that's not even a gangster yeah. film, Sopranos. You're told that from a young age, right? And they're about a particular thing that is, I'm making a massive generalisation here, generally harder for females to engage with. Some of those films I love, but they are generally harder for females to engage with. Yes. But I would obviously say you can make a film that's about something completely different that's about but something considered films, weren't those films about the emergence of italian americans yeah Scorsese absolutely yeah Popola. absolutely and i'm not denying that those films are brilliant mm. it's just i remember when i was a kid being like oh it's so weird why are all the crime films not crime uh, mafia films why are they the best films like why are they better than all the films well they're not it's just that a group of italian americans young people with tremendous energy and imagination and talent, mm-hmm. suddenly burst out and 100%. made films about their lives. And I think those films are completely brilliant. Yes. And I think Goodfellas is one of my favourite yes, films yes, I have yes. ever, ever seen. Mm. No, I'm just saying that, sorry, they're considered in a kind of ridiculous, in a, who you know, people make lists of the greatest films of all time that are yes, meaningless. Mm. But that those are the films you're told are the best films. And obviously anyone that's not... I love The Sopranos. I love Goodfellas. I th- I think Godfather, The Godfather is a completely brilliant film and The Godfather too. Uh, but I just, obviously, when you're a kid, you're like, oh, so if you have to make a film about the mafia for it to be the best film and I would never make a film about the mafia or, you know what I, no, I you, you get what I'm saying. All you have to do is make a good film. Yes, exactly. Um, or what, well, I mean, that's a, that might be wishful thinking. Um, uh, we all... Uh, we all <laughs> You always try. No, I know, but I'm saying, actually, it's still not like, you know, Clueless isn't going to win an Oscar, is it? There's just no... No, but that's something else. I get that that stuff is meaningless, but also when you're just a little kid and you're like, oh, right, okay, this is the good stuff and this is the bad stuff... Not, I'm not saying like, oh no, poor, poor me, I had such a tough time um, because my favourite film didn't win an Oscar, but we all know... Oh, you think a bit differently. I feel like you don't see things quite in the same way as the general people. The general people. You mean, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with my point of view? Nothing, but just the point of, like, generally these films are considered great no, films. I, I know yeah. what people like. <laughs> you, get what, you get what I'm saying. And, like, like, comedies don't win Oscars. You know, that kind of yes, thing. Yes, always seem to be... Well, The Apartment won an Oscar, but then The Apartment yeah. was many things, there is always a, a There is always an exception to the rule, yes. as I clarified earlier. Yes. Always exception to the rule, but generally... Right Will Ferrell, who has made a million billion people so happy, mm. man's not got an Oscar, you know? Yes. Um, 
so there's just a particular, you know, if you're not Italian-American, joke, 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 joke. Um, right, is there any final thoughts? I think this is the best episode we've done. I mean, I beg to differ. <laughs> I think we should stop now. Okay. I thought that was really Is that really just because you've got a text? No, I think, I thought it was really good what we were... It's the bits that you spin off into. All right, I think that's... Have we talked about everything that there is to talk that's about? That's as far as we've got. Listen, consider, considering I hadn't seen the film for several weeks. Considering... I thought I did brilliantly. Stephen has no idea what happened in this film, and I'm sorry if it feels like I just monologued uh, for 45 minutes. I actually probably could go on for... Could go on for hours. You clearly um, love it. It's always nice talking about things you like. I love it so much. It's almost a cliche how much I love it. Um, okay, thank you for listening. That was our second conversation about Clueless. Tune in next week for another conversation. <laughs> yeah. Let's do another. If we find out this hasn't recorded. Whatever. Did I miss something? Is big hair back? <laughs> Thanks very much for listening. If you liked it, please leave a review. All the encouragement we can get needed. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.